Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, Deadly Class fans. Our Deadly fam was on lockdown tonight. Spies emerged, friendships were tested, and we got to see an almost threesome. Plus, we have a very special guest tonight, so take your seats because class is in session. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey there, AfterBuzzers. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Deadly Class After Show. Tonight, we are talking Episode 8, The Clampdown. I'm Veronica Valencia, and of course, joining me to my left, we have... Raven French. Stephen Lemieux. And Angelica Trey. And of course, he is King's Dominion 1 and only pacifist joining us live in studio tonight, we have Luke Tenney. Yeah. What's up, what's up, what's up? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, honestly, thank you thank for you. joining us tonight. We always really appreciate when you take time out of your schedule to come and sit down and talk the show that you're working on, so hard on for. So thank mm-hmm. you for joining us. Glad to be here. And coming up later in the show, we will be talking about... All the stuff that's going down in the clampdown. We'll be talking about Lynn and Marcus and that weird manipulation thing. We'll also be talking about Saya and Maria's friendship. But before we get into any of that, guys, what was our overall thoughts on tonight's episode? Hmm. Oh man. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. No. I'm tonight was intense. There was a lot of tensions rising. I feel like these tensions, they started, they keep on going. It's been getting more and more just crazy. And I I think we're just building up towards the end of the season. And I'm so excited. And I don't know. It was really good to feel, like, to see Marcus come clean this episode. Um, You know, everyone just kind of lay everything out. So uh, that's something, I guess, good that came out of this. But otherwise, tension. Oh, yeah. I'm just really glad that I can. I found a show that I can connect with in terms of, you know, it's not very often that you see a school that has staff that are just as incompetent as I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> just really all in. Because you can really start seeing the realism within, like, it being a school just with murder. You know, it's still a normal school. There's friends that end each other over boyfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone had that kid in the class that got his throat cut. Like, you know, normal stuff. Yeah, superlatives of murder. murder it was great. General high but school stuff, yeah. I like that we're starting to see kind of where this finale is kind of headed. I don't know if it's going to be with graduation or with Chester, but I like that we're getting two sides for the faculty. We know more about Gao now. We know more about her kind of control plays over Lynn and how she's trying to manipulate the situation, gain control over everyone in the school. So I'm just kind of excited to see how Lynn's going to fire back now that he's got finally Luke's trust. Mm-hmm. Marcus's trust. Why did I say Luke? Because I'm here. Oh, hi. Yes. Hi. Good. Hey, <laughs> Were you here before? Just got here. Got it. Oh, okay. Okay. It's magic. I like this episode. It is um, just from the past two episodes and everything being so explosive. This felt a little more chill in the 
behaviors, <laughs> but still explosive in the information that we received. I didn't expect to be surprised, like Marcus telling the truth. I didn't expect that. Gal, you guys know how I feel about Gal. She be tripping. She, she's taking mm-hmm. the place. It, it was you at first, William. Sorry. So Namaste. <laughs> she works at Urban Home. <laughs> but now it's Gal. But still being surprised by everything and feeling like I cannot predict anything is mm-hmm. kind of cool. I'm liking that aspect of it because it's it's difficult for me to feel like I know what's going to happen and just relax in the episode. It's always mm-hmm. something surprising and surprising. So yeah. I'm liking that. Yeah, I have to say, I love the way you put it, Raven, and that the personalities and kind of the characters were chill this episode, but the information was explosive. And I love how that was put because it's true. The last couple episodes have been very action-packed, a lot of craziness going on. And we, I like the fact that this episode took time to kind of finally try and have people resolve all the questions that they had, you know, the reveals and trying to figure out, okay, are they going to, are secrets going to be revealed? Are they going to get it out of me? And I like the fact that we finally got that this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke, what was it like filming this specific episode? This one was, this one was fun. I remember I had a lot of fun because I got to work with somebody who I never got to work with, which was Sean, who plays Victor. So we only had like one interaction, but we were in the same room. And it was a really cool day on set. We all really collaborated on how the mood of our one little clamp down room would feel. Mm-hmm. And it was, well, most days on set are fun, but it was a particularly trying time for Willie because this is one of the first times we see him being truly honest with Marcus. And it was new, so... Amy and I had to really explore how Willie would let that truth out, how he would kind of let the tiger out of the cage on Marcus. Um, and it was interesting because the first time you see it, it's very explosive, and the second time it's with passivity, with that comic book being real passive-aggressive, which is a new side of him. But I really enjoyed being able to go through all the colors there and also just watching everybody's work. Yeah, I dig our show, man. Like, I like it. Meaning, if I wasn't on it, I'd want to watch it, which is pretty cool to say, just yeah. genuinely. Like, I think it's a good show, and I'm, I'm proud of it, and I'm proud of my team. And you get the best of, best, best of both worlds. You get to watch it, and you're on it. Yeah, that's kind of cool, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good group of people. Mm-hmm. I really like them. And I like, Luke, that you brought up the idea of the kind of clamp-down clicks, which I think we should get into, because... You know, in the beginning of this episode, they're obviously Lim and Gower trying to find out who killed Yukio, who killed Chico, because now there's just all these students turning up dead. So we get the clicks of Willie, Marcus, and Victor, Lex, Billy, and Petra, Saya, Shabnam, and then, I'm sorry, guys, the the Kuroki sidekick. I Did anyone catch her name? No? Nope. I did no. not. <laughs> her name is Ruki. Ruki. She is... Saya's one to Maria's one. Got it. That's who she is. Got it. So like her second in command, kind of. Great. And so then we also have Maria, Brandy, and Juan. Was there any one specific click that stand out as like, oh, this is going to be funny or this is going to be bad? I mean, I think everyone just off the bat knew that putting... uh Putting Petra and Billy in a room together is going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. With Lex. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, what a troublemaker. And then any room with Brandy in it yes. is going to be a little chaotic, to yeah. say the least. So, yeah. Yeah, because Brandy doesn't speak mm-hmm. Mexican. Right. Yeah. 
But Saya <laughs> sounds <completely>. the same. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I mean, it's interesting because each room had a spy that we basically find out at the end of the episode. We find out that the spies are Shabnam, uh, Brandy, and Victor. Yeah. So they're all just collecting information. Right. Are we to assume that Gal planned that? The monks were sent to put specific people together? Yes. Or at least put a spy in each room? But see... I- I mean, I can totally see how that's an idea, but I feel like that's also just partially luck of how people were already clumped up together to kind of be forced into rooms. But, like, the only reason I disagree with that is because when it was kind of like, grab people as they are, but then as soon as people tried to run somewhere else, it's like, no, No, they made sure they were going in that specific room. You see it the most with Marcus. It's like, no, we're going to put Marcus with Luke and... um, And Victor. And Victor, yeah. So it's like... I don't know. I feel like it was a lot all planned, and it started again with Gal having Marcus's notebook and having Shabnam already spying on him. I think this created the uh, conspiracy. Yeah, she's too through the school, calculating and in- intelligent at what she does. I feel like it would be even the lunch thing, even waiting to see that out. I feel like it. She's it very did plotting. It yeah, she was all you will eat in shifts, and conveniently. Marcus, Willie, and Victor weren't in that shift, but mm-hmm. Maria, her entire crew, and Sire and her entire crew happened to be in that shift. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a good assumption. I actually hadn't even thought about that. You know, I was doing the show. I was like, oh, this is wonderfully convenient. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. nah, you're right. I mean, Mar- it together. Marcus yeah. was tied to a chair at that moment. So he wasn't true, going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't eating lunch. He was eating a stick for lunch right, right. then. Yeah. It's funny, Stephen, how you brought up in the beginning of how the adults in the show are kind of clueless. But I feel like Gao is very competent and very aware of kind of what's going on, more so than Lin. I don't know. Would anyone disagree? Gao, uh, Gao sees all. I feel like Gao is definitely orchestrating some things behind the scenes um, with, in particular regards to even just with Lin, um, top tier all the way down to the bottom here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the comic, Gao actually does not exist. Well, I mean, it's fair to assume that the guild is there. We see that kind of, we see that kind of energy looming over Lin. Kind of things he has to do, things he must do, because he's part of an association. Mm-hmm. But in the TV show, we have time to unpack, as Rick says, and now we have a face to go with the guild and this industry, this administration, this whole council. And I think it's it's pretty safe to say that. Lynn knew what would have to happen. But as Gal puts it, which I loved, she said, you don't know what it's like to lose a kid. And he doesn't. He does not know. He's a good actor. But he does not know. And I think that that removes a spirit of mercy, which is why we see how ruthless Gal is compared to Lynn. Mm-hmm. Lynn does what he has to do. But right now, as you pointed out when we were watching the show, he's dealing with the fact that he knows his daughter's life is on the line. Right. So he's got somebody who has something on him. But do we think that maybe he almost lost his daughter in some way, shape, or form? Or was and maybe that was a catalyst of why he kind of put them into hiding? Or he just always knew, I don't want them to be a part of the guild, so I have to put them into hiding? I think it's, I think it's that. Unfortunately, that. I feel like because of his relationship with his sister and knowing what Gao has been through and what happens and it's like blood is born into the guild. You, he took the oath already. I think he knew that 
regardless of anything, he needs to get his daughter out of it. So yeah. he probably faked their deaths, probably hired the hit team that did it and then killed everyone involved just to protect his daughter. Because as much as Lynn is altruistic and he wants to like help Marcus and he wants to like help these kids to actually develop the rats into something greater than just being uh, fuel for the legacies, I still think he has some, something dark there. And I still think he's had his fair share of violence and blood, and I think we're going to find out his backstory before the end of the se- before the end of the season. I hope. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We've been focusing on the students a lot this season, and this is like the first true episode where we're like, hey, let's introduce a lot of the stuff with Gao and how much Gao and Lin are at, at, at odds, and mm-hmm. how much they're kind of creating their own team of people. Also, what I really found interesting with Lin is we didn't know before how much he knew about Marcus's past. Mm-hmm. And now, I think he knew before Saya that Marcus didn't kill those kids at the orphanage. Because he already had the footage from Marcus's family. He already had all that, and that was the last question he asked, because he knew it was going to have the tell. He knew that Marcus is going to be lying. He has to figure out, alright, which one is he solidly lying about that I know he's lying about? Let me figure out what the tell is through that. Yeah, and early on, I thought Lynn was... I said, why does it seem like he knows everything and then knows nothing? And then when what happened with Marcus with the video footage, I thought that initially, then it seems like maybe he just gives information when it's needed. He's not like Gal who just shows her hand. He, when I need to show you, I'll show you, which is more deadly to me mm-hmm. than a person like Gal. Is he, is Gal showing her hand though? She definitely throwing that power around. She's throwing oh, the power everywhere yeah. she goes. She just throwing. Just, I feel like once too lot. many people know, like how the students can come to her, and now she has this to want. You know, like you can't rob a bank with everyone. I feel like once too many people know, that's showing your hand, even if it's to that group. With Lynn, he just moves how he moves. Moves in silence. But mm-hmm. he moves. I, I, I would argue that silence is more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I always loved Roosevelt's uh, walk tall and carry a big stick, or walk, speak, softly. speak softly, carry a big stick. No. Thank you. History major here. Yeah. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I just love Teddy. So I no. major that, I'd say bets are three to one uh, against Gao right now. I'd say Lynn has a really good upper hand because the rats are unpredictable. And if there's anything we knew about high school, I don't know if you guys went to high school, but hmm. a lot of teachers acted like they knew everything, but... And they didn't. We knew who was selling the dope and who was doing everything that the teachers didn't know, and they still didn't find out. Because what's the number one rule of of King's Dominion? Don't get caught. caught. Exactly. So Gal may think she knows everything, but you got Chester, who's a complete playing piece that she doesn't know too much about. And I don't know how Shabnam's going to react when the person who's saving his family is going to be Marcus. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark... Well, I don't know. Marcus kind of got a trip this episode, too, with all of the imagery of his family. And wasn't it interesting? Because didn't a few episodes ago, we kind of get to hear from Marcus how he's kind of numb, how seeing his family doesn't affect him anymore. But obviously seeing those childhood memories and footage really did have an impact on him so much so it caused him to confess. But how is he going to do that? Like he, he dives into his memories through his notebook. Mm-hmm. It's a very different aspect to like read your diary entry from September 11th, 2001, for instance, and watch footage of it. It's a very different feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that we were talking about during the watch along, like, why didn't he just close his eyes? Or was it, it might have been during the after show. Why didn't yeah. he just close his eyes? Like, he wanted to. 
But he wanted to see it. That's what I think. Exactly. Yeah. Like what he didn't want to see were the gruesome images. But of course, he didn't know they were there. But yeah, I think he absolutely wanted to see them, which is why. And I think Ben's really good at this. One, he pretty. So you watch him closely because he's nice to look at. But two, he draws you <laughs> in with his eyes. Like he really knows how to work that. You know, like when when he's watching, you're watching someone who's so interested. And I think that kind of hypnosis carried over onto the screen pretty well. Yeah, it looked to me like he wanted to. He mm-hmm. was just locked in. It mm-hmm. was it was a moment of him feeling alive because it was probably the closest he has to the closest connection he has to his parents in a very long time, right. I would say. Yeah. 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 And the big thing too, I, I believe he mentioned in I think the last episode is that he did like to reflect on that stuff to feel again. Yeah. To reconnect with that. Mm-hmm. And so that was Lynn's sort of playing card to get that information out of Marcus, and furthermore, just sort of, um, I guess, in terms of Marcus, Lynn also played on the fact that Marcus's biggest fear is being alone, mm-hmm. which we've already referred to, yeah. um, everyone's deepest fears. So Lynn was just playing dirty in this mm-hmm. one, and he was yeah. he was going for the truth here. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say this episode was a lot about intention behind the characters, um, and what makes them tick. And right now it's like Lynn dives deep into Marcus just as Gao is diving deep into Lynn right now. And then you have the same thing going on with El Diablo with Maria and Saya and uh, I can't remember his name. Juan? Juan. Yeah. Yeah. So like everyone's just kind of playing each other and Gao's just appearingly, seemingly the mastermind. But what I what I really liked about Lynn and Marcus's dynamic here is that Lynn knows way more about Marcus than Marcus knows he knows about him. Mm-hmm. And Lynn doesn't want to reveal that, so he uses it as a torture method, really. But what's he really doing? He's, like, kind of s- revealing that he already knows he's lying. Just tell me the truth so I can handle exactly. the situation. Yeah. And that's true power, to go, oh, I know the truth, but I want to hear you say it. Like, mm-hmm. that's gangster. But it's also it's establishing it's establishing a, a relationship with Marcus that's basically getting him to his side, even through a negative means. That if Lynn follows through on protecting Marcus after this, Marcus knows, okay, he has my back. What I found interesting about this scene too was Lynn's threats to Marcus, as Angelica put it. You know, we know that Marcus's biggest fear is being alone, and he kept threatening him: "If you don't tell me the truth, if you don't tell me the truth, I'm gonna take you out of Kingsdom, and you're gonna lose your girlfriend, you're gonna lose your friends." I kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Marcus might lose either way because if he confesses, which he ultimately did, he's gonna lose trust. You know, like. Because then they're going to possibly be going after them because they don't know that Lynn is trying to help them. So if he says, oh, Maria killed Chico and then Maria killed Yukio because he knows that Maria killed Yukio and he knows that, oh, all Billy and Willie were at this in Vegas, you know, I feel like he loses either way. But I don't think Marcus or I don't think Lynn knew if Marcus has been bought out by Gao yet. Because, like, again, does Marcus care about King's Dominion or not? That was the only leverage that Lynn had on him in that scene. He couldn't kill him. He couldn't do anything to him aside from threaten him to lose King's Dominion. Mm-hmm. So it did two things for Lynn. It proved to Lynn that Marcus gives a shit about King's Dominion. And it proved to Lynn that Marcus hadn't told Gal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, those are really two important things for Lynn right now in this in this kind of part of the game because now Lynn knows that Marcus is at least his chess piece for the time being and hasn't betrayed Lynn's best interests. I also think it's cool because, like, 
when you're in a when you're in a position of like leadership as Lynn's trying to be with these students, you can't handle a situation with half the information and have it turn out okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what Gal's trying to yeah. do because we don't know what Maria told Gal. Gal knows half information and only what's been picked up in these vague conversations from the lock-in rooms. But like for my sake, if anyone makes a mistake, I just want to know if they made a mistake, not to punish them, but because when somebody makes a mistake, you need to know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Because nothing's worse than somebody saying, "Hey, this is what happened," and them lying, and you working off that information, and it just ruins everything. So. I think it's a great thing that Marcus narked, and I think it's going to get Lynn on their side, and the rats are going to know they can trust Lynn because Marcus can bring this out as a trump card when Lynn's like literally giving them a door to life or a door to death, and nobody trusts him. Well, Lynn, Lynn already is on their side yeah. with the lie that he told El Diablo. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? But the rats don't know that. They have no idea. And that's the, that's the weird and cool thing about Lynn. Like, he's just... He just gangster, bro. Like he just got it. <laughs> like, like we have him in the other, the prior episode. I forgot what the Holy Ghost asked him. Holy Ghost, tall, skinny dude. I think you said you was feeling um, the one who who had the conversation oh, with Maria. Yeah, creepy dude, right? Yeah. Love he, him. he he asked him. He was like, "Have you ever seen like a man's skin ripped off or something?" And Lynn's like, <laughs> "What's good? I have." Or so, no, uh, getting eat, eaten by pigs. pigs yeah, that. yeah. And he's like, "Of course." Yeah. I and he's have. like, well, "Yeah, yeah." And then he's in this uh, chair with Diablo, and he's so like hurt. He's so vulnerable. I, yes. I lost a child too, and then gangster just walks up, gets out of there. He good, puts on his cap. He, he baller. Like Lynn is just and Benedict Wong, bro. Like he's so good, bro. He's so good at what he does, man. I'm trying to work with that man more. Like if I could work with anybody in the cast more, it'd be him. One, because you know you want to get better, you work with the the greats. Mm-hmm. But also, like I ain't work with him that much, and I'm like I'm trying to do that. Well, speaking of people you work with a lot, obviously. Benjamin Wadsworth, who plays Marcus, and I would love to kind of get into the whole, their whole friendship, which we got to see a little bit of, and you had brought up earlier. But before we get into that, everyone, Stephen has a very special announcement. Cannonball! Sorry, guys, I just have to quote Anchorman when I have the opportunity. But guys, thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV Talk and continuing to let us grow. But we need your help because these videos don't pay for nothing, but... We can still get them seen by lots of people and get mm-hmm. the fandom together because that's what we got to do. And Benjamin Wadsworth, I think it's the real one in the chat saying that Luke's the best hype man. So, like, Luke, <laughs> you got to tell these people to hit that thumbs up and subscribe. Like, I need your help. If you're watching, why not hit it? You're watching. If you like it, why not say you do? Because you're watching it. So push the little thing, thing, and, and push the little subscribe thing, because you don't want to miss it. And plus, they review so much stuff. I was just learning that these lovely people be reviewing anime, and I don't know if you like it, but I do. So when I get back to the crib, guess what I'm doing? Like, subscribe. Do it. Do it. Do Perfect. It. Do it. Thanks, guys. Yes, thank you. Uh, we also have some fan shout-outs that Veronica has so... Cleverly, with her great handwriting. Yes. It really Apparently. is impeccable. It's, it's impeccable. Impar- it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. She's a better handwriter than an assassin. As far as I know. That's good I mean, in this world. Or yeah. Yeah. In the big world. You you lose your life unless you're good with the pencil. I feel use. like uh, Brandy's probably like a calligraphy artist or something like that. It would be her. It's her like side, side thing. Yeah. Her side but it's all a racist bullshit that she's yeah. doing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, shout out to Starcloak, Jan OB, C.R. Torres 605, Rafael Venegas, and Javier Quintiana, and Audrey Villafranca. Thank you so much for commenting on all our videos Thank and being fans you, of everyone. the show. 
And guys, we only have like two iTunes reviews. Like we have reviews, we don't have comments on iTunes. So, like go to iTunes, leave us five stars, leave us a comment, helps us out. Keeps it searchable. Mm-hmm. Do it. Keeps the show going with the wheels on the tracks. Round it and ke- round. <laughs> round and it round. Keeps Willie with Gabrielle. Can we not gonna can last. we talk about that? Yes, I'm not gonna ask. Poor so, Okay. We are very torn on yeah. this panel. Some of us want them to be endgame and live happily ever after, Steven. And all of us and the rest of us are kind of like, hmm, we think it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What is your take as Luke on Willie and Gabrielle's relationship? Cute or dangerous? Well, let me first ask y'all a question. The danger, what danger is it that you see? It would be the sense of that she, as far as we know, is someone who is normal in society and uh, Willie is an assassin at King's Dominion. So there's going to be so many times where he has to kind of leave and he's never... She's never going to know because he can't necessarily tell her. Otherwise, that would put her in danger. And him as well. Right. Okay, great. Now that I know that. Or someone sent her to. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing that I was truly surprised to hear. I did not know that people suspected her of being like some sort of threat Mm -hmm. with the families and all of that stuff. But nah, like she chill. I think I think really that he likes this girl and she provides an escape because especially coming after Vegas, Willie's ashamed. He he has been torn open and all of his pacifist insides exposed. Everybody knows. Everybody even if he didn't explicitly say it, they know they know he, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have mm-hmm. what it takes. E- even though he might be capable. And that's something I talked with the directors and stuff about. Willie is capable. How else would he be passing his classes? Why else would he line up a shot in the pilot if he couldn't take it? So he knows how to work with these weapons. He knows how to use his body. He's a big dude. Um, But he doesn't have what it takes to finish the job. And I think his dishonesty and his facade is what's going to cause the discourse between him and Gabrielle. Gabrielle, off the bat, is somebody who's extremely honest. In the comic shop, she immediately says to him, oh, I just only started talking about Superman to get you talking. I'm here to buy Watchmen. Like, she's explicitly honest. And then you have Willie, who is a professional liar. That's what he does to survive. So I think that this whole truth and facade thing is what's going to cause him to crash if they do. If they end up working, I do think that it would be a genuine thing. I do think that these two people really care for each other. They see something unique and similar. They see a heart. They see righteousness and justice in one another. But, you know... You know, all you just said to me right now is that Gal's going to find out about Gabrielle and make Willie turn. Ah, interesting. Like... Turn in the sense of, like, leave her? No, like, linchpin, like, hey, Lynn, I know you have your daughter. You know, we can just do things with that. Just letting you know. Now, just go do what I need you to do. Uh, Right. Willie, oh, I see you got a new girlfriend. Great. She's dead. Unless you tell me what the deal with is Marcus and get me on on this. Mm-hmm. So Marcus told Lynn everything, but we need somebody within the rats that's going to tell Gao everything. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that's you. his weak point. It's his weak point. Gabrielle. If everyone, if everyone uh. kind of knows you're a pacifist, she's your new weak point. Especially if she's not a spy. Right. My, my big worry with Gabrielle was that um, she clearly is getting very disappointed with some of Willie's lies. She can tell she's being mm-hmm. deceived. You and white so- roses. 
I'm worried. <laughs> I know, it's so cute. White roses. Because what yeah, if she goes cute. snooping? What if she goes over to King's Dominion or finds something, asks too many questions? Poor Gabrielle. She's just trying to look for love out here. You know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm worried for it. her. It just this is fascinating work. to me. This is so cool. Like all of these ideas, I, I never even suspected. It's, it's really cool. Because I just kind of know what happens from here on to the end of the season. Like, I don't know much more than you guys right now. But it's really cool where the mind can go. I, yes. I really think that your ideas are so logical. Like, wow, I hadn't even, I hadn't even considered that. But I, I will say that what's going on between Willie and Gabrielle, I believe, is authentic. But there is definitely a cost coming. Yes. Definitely. And shows like this, it it, it feels like... We would love it to work. We would love you Wouldn't to have we? love. Wouldn't that be great? But either you guys will be pinned against each other and you may have to kill her or she's a spy or well, you're putting her in danger. Can I ask? Sorry, I don't mean to take over. I just want to ask, like, honestly, your opinion, Veronica, Raven, Angelica. If because we've already seen Willie in the position where he had to save Marcus and he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. If Willie had to be the one to pull the trigger on Gabrielle to save all the rats, would he do it? See, it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to ask something very similarly of if, because, uh, as you had mentioned, Luke, there is a cost co- to come in this situation. If Gabrielle dies, would Willie take, be, revenge. take revenge and be okay enough to kill mm. because of that genuine connection he felt? him to cross the line? Yeah, we've been talking about, about that on this panel. Is like, what would ever be the catalyst to make Willie kill someone? That's why uh, I did like a, uh, a phone interview yesterday, and somebody asked me three words to describe Willie. And one of the first ones that came to my mind was inconsistent. I can't follow him. And that's what's strange for me because a lot of actors I see are, are like really emotional, and they can dive in and really see like why these characters do these things. I just kind of open the script. I'm like, huh. Okay, and I just try my best to figure it out. And I see so much inconsistency with this young man. This dude, immediately, like, the only time we've seen him be relatively violent was when Chico was about to murk Marcus at prom. And what does Willie do? He steps right in, lays his hands on him, knocks the dude into a food table. Like, oh, shoot, okay, Willie. Mr. Nonviolent is over here okay protecting. But when it's drawn to the extreme mm-hmm. and his boy is bleeding out, Getting kicked in the face next to a dumpster. And he has a gun. He can't pull the trigger. I'm like, bro, shoot him in the kneecaps. Right? Do right. something. Shoot his hand. Pop, it, pop his patellas off. Something. Like, let's get cut away. <laughs> but no, nah, he shuts down. And I'm like, what's the deal with this dude? It's the gun. So it's violence. It's the gun, it's yeah. vi- The gun violence. It's not just death. It's violence in general. That's the thing with Willie. He's not Spider-Man. He's not Superman. Who will knock you out, but they won't kill you. He doesn't like violence, period. Yeah. and That's also- what's... E- Difficult to explore with this dude. Well, something's mm-hmm. I definitely, push him. yeah, I think so, and it's obviously reminiscent too of his backstory as well with his father, mm-hmm. the gun violence mm-hmm. going. I think drawing to that, at least that's sort of what I pulled mm-hmm. from it. You know? Do you relate or do you love violence? Well, I mean, from my perspective, if somebody hit me in the face, they get cold clocked. You know, like that's how I grew up. My dad actually, um, he taught me. Very specifically, and it was one of the most unique experiences I've ever had in my life. He was like, I was having trouble with a bully at school, and she was female, and she was very physical with me. Wow. She, she would rough me up, and I told him, I said, Dad, this girl, she keeps messing with me, and I, I don't 
I don't understand what to do because we don't hit girls. He said, son, you don't let anyone put your hands on you. I said, but dad, we're not supposed to. He said, son, you don't let anyone put your hands on you. My eyebrow raised. And he said, you go to school and you let her know. You say, if you keep physically hurting me, I will not accept it anymore. And I will retaliate as, as hard as I can. So you are not to touch me. I was like, okay. So I go to school the next day. I'm not nervous anymore. And I see this young lady. And she pushes me. And she like, starts messing with my head and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, Destiny, here's the deal. The name. If you, yeah, that was Called the name. <laughs> I said, if you continue Destiny. to put your hands on me, I will retaliate as hard as I possibly can. She never touched me again. Standing but, your ground. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I don't know if my dad actually would have been okay if I just hauled off and, and just laid this girl right. out. But I do know he told me to. So that's how I was raised. There is no exception. Race, creed, gender, this is true equality. If someone puts your hands on you, you defend yourself. Now, the scale at which you do, like you're not supposed to get on top of somebody. You know what I mean? Right. But mm-hmm. you make sure nobody puts your hand on you. That's how I was raised. I strongly believe that to be the case. No, no one is an exception. No one gets to do anything because of where they come from, whatever race, creed, gender, religion, whatever. No one gets to do that. Willie is very different from me <laughs> because I, I, would not, I would not accept it. I would use my words first, but push comes to shove. I would then use physical means to remove them from putting their hands on me. But Willie, for some reason, it just it seems to be more about something moral. It seems to be a pride thing. He says... I swore I wouldn't live like my father. And that's what it seems to be. It's I, I won't. I can't. Mm. But when he was that little kid, he lit them, he lit them dudes up. Mm-hmm. He did it. So he, ha- he has the capability, but something is blocking him, and I think it's pride. Do you right, think he'd take a beating before he even fought back? Oh, absolutely. That's something that I could connect with. Because I remember, I remember being um, in the locker room in, in football and people saying like, I'll mess you up, and I'm like, let's let's sell this stuff on the field. And I was like, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to hurt a teammate like that. Like that wouldn't be good for morale. I didn't know if I could fight, but I was that confident. I was like, I'll knock somebody out, man. I, I didn't know, but that's just how I felt. But um, yeah, Willie, I, I think it's that it's that pride thing. He's just, I won't, I won't give in, and it's it's costing him something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking about taking a beating. Let's get into a little bit of Saya and Maria's relationship. Do we think it's over? Do we think there's any shot of redemption for Maria? I mean, okay, it's definitely been building a lot of tension, and it's definitely on a bit of a decline. But I think, I think they still obviously love and care about each other. There's just a lot of miscommunication here. That's exactly what's going on. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So while I think. There's going to be maybe a few more um, tiffs, so to speak, maybe more altercations. I don't think there's going to be a complete, uh, you know, turning on each other situation here. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, Saya showed it today. She saved Maria's life. And Maria has the highest, I think the highest stakes right now because of Diablo. Mm -hmm. She has a, yeah, she has a lot She's just trying to save herself, and she was put. Mm-hmm. She was given a lot of responsibility. She clearly didn't want, and she's trying to use this opportunity to save her friends. It's just very misguided, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Maria is definitely going through some turmoil right now. Uh, you know, between going off of her medication, 
uh, dealing with the loss of a friend, dealing with Diablo on her back. There's a lot going on with her, but I definitely think at the end of the day, Saya and her will still take care of each other. They still care for each other, but there's uh, some trust issues going on. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's going to take uh, Marcus breaking it off with Maria or saying, take your pills or we're done or something mm-hmm. like that to mm-hmm. kind of repair that relationship. It's going to wait. It's going to take Marcus leaving Maria for Saya and Maria to be okay. Yeah, I think so. Because I think it's just it's not a good relationship and it's based on her being like one extreme to the other extreme. And not healthy. So I feel like Saya needs her to get right, and Marcus isn't helping the situation because all he's doing is bringing chaos into King's Dominion and into Maria's life. I think we're kind of teeing it up to have a huge showdown with Chester next episode, graduation on the finale, and then I think there's going to be a tease for next season being El Diablo finding out like some kind of hint about Maria and Chico. Because I feel like that's kind of... I don't see them killing David Zayas' character off or getting rid of Diablo so quickly, I feel like because it's been such a B-plot, it's about to be risen to an A-plot for next season. Mm-hmm. Can someone... What is the consequence... When um, when Lynn did not tell the truth to Diablo, what be, what is the consequence for the truth? Well, is it just I mean, Maria, if, or will something happen to the school? Will Diablo come down on the That's school? what I'm thinking. He's yeah. trying to comfort what Lynn has, because Diablo mm-hmm. has the cartel. Right. That's his mm-hmm. thing. Lynn's gang is King's Dominion. It's KD. And it sounds to me like that's what's going on, which is why I dig this show, too, because when the adults are talking, the air changes a little bit. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think um, here with Lynn, Lynn is he's a fairly paternal character right now. Um, He's playing that protective side of things. I think if Diablo did find out, there would be a lot of deaths, a lot of blood on our hands. Diablo is mourning the loss of his child and he's out for blood. As we all saw, he's still out for blood. And there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. And I think Lynn is just trying to protect his students. It makes you kind of think, when are you ever satisfied? When is your revenge ever? When are you ever satisfied with your revenge? Like, how much is it going to take? And that's a big question here, mm-hmm. just along with this show, is when you lose somebody... And, you know, you're mourning. Is there any way to sate that? Is there any way to sate revenge? We see that. Uh, we saw that last episode with Marcus, you know, just talking um, between him and French, uh, you know, mm-hmm. about is it will it just go to the top with the president? Is it all the rich people? You know, where do you stop? Where does that darkness end? And what's the difference between, you know, um, being noble and just being a psychopath. I think that's the discussion in a lot of shows today. I'm just watching The Punisher. I'm almost done with like two episodes from being done. But I think the answer is something that I learned from one of my favorite shows, Naruto. And this is a character... Believe who, it! My Sorry. dog. This is, a, this is a character who I think figured it out. And what he said is, we have to break the cycle of hatred. And one of the biggest fights he had, this dude eradicated everyone that he loves. Everyone. And he fought him, and he has him on the ropes. He goes, I will not destroy you. The cycle of hatred must be broken. Mm -hmm. That means somebody who has had something evil done to them must not retaliate. Otherwise, you get the 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 Capulets and the Montagues. You get this. You get gang wars. Someone has to stop the cycle Mm -hmm. of hatred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, because we're running out of time, uh, just this threesome that kind of kept coming in as comedy throughout oh the gosh. episode between Lex, Petra, and <laughs> Billy. Yay or nay? 
Can Real we quick. Play, can we play a game? Of? What is, what's, what would you name this porn video? <laughs> <laughs> if, it's the, if it's the Lucas. Name of your sex tape. Yeah, what's the name of your sex what's tape the name for, of your this, sex for this threesome? Deadly uh, ass. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and, on that, and on that note, I think we should go into some predictions for next Ooh. week's episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Let's get the crystal ball out. Right? Yeah. Luke, what do you think is going to happen? No, well, I know what's going to happen, so I'm not telling. <laughs> um, I definitely, so we kind of got this set up towards the end of the episode. We're going to see some, I guess, hammers coming down along with Gal because we saw both the lovely, lovely couple over here that, uh, I don't know if you guys are shipping this, but Maria and Marcus are both brought to the top to Gal right now. So we're going to see some consequences, I think, between them. Maria, Maria just being... What what did Gal call her? Cancer? Yeah. And Marcus just being called out. So there's going to be a bit of a, a spotlight on these characters. And then also with Chester, it's going to get real crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really kills somebody. Ooh. Anything's possible. I think Willie is going to kill someone as well. I think um, Lynn's daughter is going to enter as a chess piece because Gal talks about her a lot and, and dangles her. And... Um, yeah, that's all I think right now. <laughs> I mean, I think next episode is just going to be a big showdown. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to die? We've seen a lot of death in this point. Uh, so it's just who knows what will happen. I guess we'll just have to wait until next week to watch, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Any final words, Luke? Thanks so much, guys. I had a lot of fun today. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Great. Thanks for coming, coming in. in. Yeah. Oh my god, two punks get punked, blue balls times two. Yes. Fro- frosted <laughs> tips. <laughs> those are the uh, that's scene all, suggestions. That's all we have. That's great. Thanks well, for those, Eric. That is, unfortunately, all the time that we have tonight. I wish we could keep going with name the sex tape. but yeah. Three some. Three some, thank you. Yeah, I like it. Angelica, where can the fans find you on social media? You can find me, and everyone else can find me at a tray on most platforms. That is a y y t r a e. You guys want me at Stephen Lemieux, Raven French on all social media, and Veronica Lenz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me Veronica underscore V. Luke, where can the fans find you on the internet? At Luke Again, and thank you again so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. You added so much insight to your character, and we love discussing the show and loved getting your insight as well. Thanks so much, you guys. So, thank you. And thank you, Deadly Class fans, for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week. Bye. 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 Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.